Welcome to the Jerry T Podcast. I am back with both Matt Costa and Dave Shields. Dave is back. Uh, we're we're going to do three people for this one, see how it goes, and then maybe Dave is back on the reg. What do you think, Dave? I mean, I hope I'm back on the reg, but things have been pretty intermittent sleep-wise for me. Um, I've had a couple of good day stretches where I was like, oh, this is easy. I got this. And then I had a couple of night terrors where, you know, I just didn't sleep for a day and a half straight and reset me back. So we'll see. We'll see. But I I hope I'm back. Well, I will say if you want to record at like 6 a.m., uh, I'm down for that, you know. Just oh, that could know. be an option. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, as I told you, yeah. Uh, Riley was born. She's great. She's now uh, 12 days old, which is awesome. And she is amazing and super easy and knock on wood. Great. But is nocturnal. So um, I'm very awake from midnight through 6 a.m. And that is a very common time for me to be up um, as I try to let mom rest as much as possible. Um, but outside of that, things are great. Awesome. Uh, so you, you played some last weekend with some, some buddies. I want to hear about Matt first though, cause Matt's coming off a little RCQ top eight. Yeah. I, uh, I played an RCQ with domain ramp. Um, you know, you and I talked last week about a little bit more off the wall version with no up the beanstalks and everything. I basically played a fairly normal up the beanstalk ramp deck but with main deck tide binders and then a few different choices in the sideboard like a one of Alesh Norn um that that you kind of messaged me about I think the night before the tournament uh and yeah cruise through the Swiss I beat uh ramp mirror actually an opponent who had an Alesh Norn main and then I beat blue white convoke tokens blue white artifacts and esper midrange drew twice and then got absolutely flattened in the top eight by an esper control opponent who chose to draw against me and had me the whole time like i legitimately think we could have played the match a hundred times that i would have never won i could not imagine a worse matchup dreams of steel and oil or whatever what is that card yeah, Is it's that like the name a, of it, the discard card. Yeah, yeah, it's this. It's like one black mana opponent discards a creature or artifact, and then you exile an artifact or creature artifact from their graveyard. Also, or I guess it exiles both front and back. Um, but yeah, their their deck was just four memory deluge, a million cheap one for ones and then uh you know a bunch of creature lands and then after sideboard jaces so basically like played these games where they were capable of answering every single thing i did had enough memory deluges i think they cast all 16 memory deluges (laughs) possible in games two and three um just it answered everything I had and then eventually milled me out with a blue black creature land or a Jace or both. Um, and like legitimately I could not possibly win. Also, did it take two hours? Cause it sounds like, it uh, would have. no, I, I won game one, um, which went on for quite a while. And then, yeah, I mean the put, po- 
like we probably played a lot of turns, but the turns are pretty quick. You know, yeah, I'm a ramp deck. I like do one thing and then my opponent either answered it or deluge and then played a land and it was my turn again. And yeah, so and like I, I yeah. guess if you're low resource, you're just draw going to also. So Yeah. And they also had farewell, which made it like kind of awkward because game two, I got in a spot where I was like, okay, I'm gonna get milled out. So I need to start like getting to my critical mass, like few turns, you know, the classic playing a mid range or ramp deck against control where like you try to overload them on threats in like a few turn window. Yes. Um, and so I like had a cup, I like got a couple treasure maps and got a couple up the bean stocks and they played something I had to negate. And then they had a farewell and got rid of like my, all of my engines all at once. And then I like, I kind of lost, but the third game, I was able to play it like a little bit slower. And the problem with playing it a little bit slower was I just got milled out because I was forced to not overextend into the farewell and yeah it just i mean i think if i think if i had more negates and like maybe some blastoderms we it might have been might have might have worked out a little bit better but it i felt like my opponent like truly figured out a way to never ever lose to ramp dave do you like the sound of this deck? Have you thought about anything like this? I no, I had no idea that this was even a thing that people were doing. It doesn't sound fun from either side, I'll say. But you know, is there something there? Maybe I, it doesn't sound like a very strong deck to me. I mean, don't get me wrong; I certainly wouldn't want to get paired up against it playing ramp either. Well, what if what if your Nefalia Drownyard was also like a four four Death Touch? You know, yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, the thing that the the that going back to like drown yard control or whatever, I don't know how we get back here every time. That tournament I'm still <laughs> scarred from. Well, I have you both together, so might as well. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of cheap interaction, like the cheap interaction I had was really good at that time. So like one of the hottest decks and like the reason I played blue black at that event was like oh, everyone was playing this like Delver Lingering Souls deck, and that deck was just like a stone cold buy for me. So like one of the hotter decks that came out of that GP in Baltimore was people started playing zombies, which had a little bit stickier of threats. And that was a very problematic matchup that I was very lucky. I got very lucky when I got paired against it the few times that I did. But um, I, I think having those those aggro tempo matchups covered is the thing that like made that deck good. So that would be where I'd be curious here of like, can you continue to have ramp covered and still cover your bases for some of these mid-range decks that seem to have a pretty wide range of threats? Yeah, yeah, it's funny you say that, Dave, because I feel like pure control usually plays out one of two ways. You're either really good against the two like far ends or you're really good against the middle right like i've played a lot of control decks over the years where i was like really good against super low to the ground aggro and really good against you know other control decks or like combo decks or whatever and then it's the like mid-range decks that are just a pile of like really good rate three to six mana threats that are hard to beat and then sometimes you play the control deck that's like good at going over the top of those things, but can't get low to the ground enough to beat the fast decks. Um, I don't know if that's true here, 
but that is like a that is a really common experience for me as a control player. I feel like you do have access to the cards that should make you good against really hyper aggressive decks though too. So that's that's what makes it interesting to me because in the dark, I would just imagine that this would not be particularly good against ramp, and it sounds like they have figured out a way to make it good against ramp. Uh, maybe that does not hold up when it's a thing that you actually need to be prepping for, and it's like, okay, I'll be more threat dense, have more counter magic or whatever. Maybe that's good enough against them, I don't know. But it does seem like, in theory, it could beat everyone, but obviously you need to draw like the right part of your deck in a lot of the game ones, and then the clock is also an issue. Yeah, and it, it, I think I think it's a lot of top lands, and the mana's probably a little rough. And that that might be something that d- doesn't manifest itself in the long games that you play with ramp, but I'm suspicious that that's a that's a thing that might that might come and bite you in some of the faster matchups. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, ramp has kind of the same problems. It's just like, well, if you have a lockdown on three, it doesn't matter if you go tap land, tap land, right? You just need lockdown and some life gain to back it up, basically. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think the ramp deck getting pushed towards the green-white base that it is right now makes this problem a lot worse, too. Like, true. Jerry, the ramp deck we were playing, you know, before Cavern of Souls, I feel like would have been fine in this situation because we had a bunch of disdainful strokes, we had a bunch of duresses, and those things are kind of gone. I mean, cruelty is awesome, too. Yeah, and cruelty is awesome, too. Yeah, so I, I feel like we were pretty well set up for it, and now this shift to this, like, leaner green-white version, I, I think, you know, leaves some holes in the armor. Um, for some of these other angles of attack. Yeah, I, I agree, but it's also it's one of those things where it's like, uh, how many control decks would you predict that there would be? And then also, do you think that you would be bad against them? I feel like this is such a weird outlier, and it sounds like your opponent for a, a week two RCQ seemed very, very prepared. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked to them a little bit after, and sounded like they played a bunch knew they absolutely crushed ramp and that was just the gamble that they took um and yeah i don't know i mean the metagame at the rcq it was 36 people it's pretty evenly spread out a lot of esper mid-range but for the most part kind of all over the place so what are you looking to do in the next one? Do you have a next one, I guess? Do you even have to think about this? I I don't immediately have a next one. Um, but I think there have been a couple of decks that have, and I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit, like broken out over the course of the last week or so in Standard that are different and unique and pretty good. I think ramp is still a totally fine choice. And I think I would, frankly, like my sideboard was not particularly great for the decks that ended up actually showing up at the RCQ I played. Um, Like I probably had too much for the ramp mirror, not enough for the sort of like mid-speed Esper decks, which luckily I think are just structurally good enough matchups that I didn't really get punished by the fact that I didn't have too many cards for them. But yeah. um, 
I, yeah, I would, I think I would probably play 58 out of 60 cards, same main deck, and maybe like five out of 15, same sideboard or something. Oops. Yeah. That, I mean, that is what happens to me basically like every week one event. So I feel you. Uh, it, if you had to choose a specific thing to play for Esper out of Ramp, what would it be? I think uh, I, I think I would probably just want to have, um, like the single best card you can have is Lithomantic Barrage, because frankly, like the games where they don't get Rafine going feel really easy. So just having the cleanest, most reliable answer to Rafine is, I think, the best thing you can do against them. Realistically, that's just kind of a hard card to justify playing because you don't get to bring it in against much else. So yeah, I, it's it's probably, you know, something like Get Lost instead. Um, but I, I think... I think I just I basically didn't have any of that stuff in my sideboard, so I didn't really have any extra interaction to bring in against them. Um, Tidebinder was an all star against Rafine, though. I got four of those, so that's yep. good. Yeah. D- did you have the full four Tidebinders? I had two main, two sideboard. I feel like I had four in my deck <laughs> in basically every post board game. And they outperformed against basically everything. I think I think it's just a great card. It and it appears so. kind of good against every deck. Yeah. Maybe in every format too, but also possible. Well, uh Dave, what what were you doing last weekend? How did how did standard with the boys go? So I I spend a weird amount of time cube drafting and playing timeless. So I want to criticize both of those formats for like see magic for me with the baby has been more recreational. Um, both of those things, cube and timeless are both great for whatever that's worth. And I had a ton of fun, but um, again, recreational. Um, and then I had a couple of friends over on Sunday to meet the baby and place so we, we got to play some paper magic, which I always really enjoy. And I just built four or five different decks and snook built a few decks and we just played kitchen table magic while the wives hung out with the babies which was awesome um we played some ramp some infect some asper a little bit of everything um ramp got beat up and i i told you guys right before we jumped on i i am pre-registered for an rcq this weekend i'm 80 percent to go assuming that you know sleep that night before goes well and mom is on track to be able to handle everything around here i will attend um i don't know what i'm gonna play yet so that's what i'm trying to figure out so i'd love some help figuring that out um i'm not super excited or interested in playing ramp i, I think it's fine or good i'm terrified of matt's experience of just like I feel like picking something that just like is a stone cold ramp killer is a pretty reasonable strategy right now. And there's also a bunch of these like poison and infect decks and small creature decks going around. And I'm not very interested in playing against those and trying to beat win the arms race of the mirrors at the same time. So I'm more interested in playing some quicker games and some type of tempo strategy is where I'm looking and I'm open and interested in what you guys think and what direction I should take that. Well, I did have uh, some lists pulled up that I was definitely interested in talking about. We did bring up Bant Poison uh, at the tail end of last week's episode. By the way, 
Dave, have you been listening to the podcast? So I listened to the first episode, but not last week's. And I will say, listening to it for the first time, it w- this was awesome. Like I used to listen to the podcast every week and I spent a good amount of time in the car commuting, doing daycare drop-offs and the likes. And having this podcast be an option to listen to again was awesome. Um, so yeah. a little bit, little bit great. I didn't listen to last week's episode yet. Uh, given it was posted late, but it will certainly be on during my commute tomorrow. Yeah, I I think we did it a day late and then also had issues where we almost lost <laughs> the entire recording too. So it was even later because of that. So uh, hopefully, you know, that doesn't happen again. We'll see. But that is awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you listened. I'm glad that you liked it. I think Matt is great. Uh, so, you know. Matt, Matt's great. Yeah. Don't let it go uh, to his head, though. And it won't. I'm not worried about it. Too late. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gruel Aggro deck. Uh, I played against this a few times, just like randomly on Arena, or like decks like it, and was just like, oh, that's kind of cute. And now it is just like popping off. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but now it's kind of everywhere. And certainly part of that is because it's, it seems pretty good. But uh, this is 16 creatures, 20 lands. Red green aggro. The only creatures are Cacophony Scamp, Monastery Swift Spear, Picnic Ruiner, and Questing Druid. At least from the list that I'm looking at. I know some of the lists play some other stuff instead of like Druids three and four or whatever. But then you just have all stars like Giant Growth, Monstrous Rage, Ancestral Anger, Tyvar Stand, Audacity, Kumano Faces Kakazan. I guess that's a creature that counts. Uh, but yeah, twenty lands, fourth Ran Portal. Dave, I know you don't have those. There's no chance. No, there's no chance. I, I'm missing all of these commons. I also well, think you filtered out my giant growths when you sorted my collection a month back. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> I was like, you will never need these. <laughs> you have Ancestral Angers, though. I'm sure. I do have Ancestral Angers, and I love Ancestral Anger. So I was very excited to see this deck, and I'm almost like disappointed to see it getting so popular so quick because um, I really want to be able to play this week one, and it seems like that ship has already sailed. Well, I mean, you can still play it. I think it's still good. It is still good. The number of cards I would need to acquire in 72 hours, given the amount of time I have available to me, is probably surpasses uh, anything that's reasonable for me to accomplish. But Get is, Uncle uh, Snook on the case. Oh, I could do that. Papa Snook. Just pay him a, a nice wage for his hourly. Yeah, you th- know? I feel like, listen... I, Standard cards are, it's like a hot topic, hard to acquire right now. Stores are feeling the pressure or whatever. And I'd like to expect them to be adjusting to that a little bit. But the cards that are in this deck are certainly not the ones they're pulling out of their boxes and having ready to sell. Okay, think about it this way also. The total cost of the deck, $130. 40 of that is in one copy of Besaju. Yeah. (laughs) And this deck is very good. I don't know what what is going to go up out of this deck. Questing Druid, I guess Tyvar Standard is already like a dollar fifty or something. That's it's weird. all commons, man. Yeah, Carpluson Forest, Carpluson. I guess like Thran Portal might be the card that pops off. Yeah, like every other deck in Standard is all rares and mythics, including the lands, and this deck is just all commons. Did did either of you know what Dreadmaw's Ire did? Yeah, I I played that limited format. R instant target creature gets plus two plus two and trample. Until end of turn, and then when you deal combat damage to them, blow up an artifact. 
was a great card in that format. Oh, attacking for sure. I did not play a lot of that limited format, and it clearly shows. Love, love the limited format. I know that everyone hates it. I just like artifacts. Okay, sue me. Uh, also, love this card quite a bit. It was a good yeah. card. Yeah, Dave. Any any notes on this deck? Um, I mean, I told you it gives me Boros vibes, which was a deck I played in Pioneer for quite a while and enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I, like I said, I I'm excited, and all the cards are in my in my shopping cart right now, and maybe can't play it this weekend, but um, I do think it's onto something, and probably on the same vein of why some of these band or really blue white poison decks are doing well as well. Yeah, I mean this this is effectively another poison deck, you know, just a little bit different. It's just doing the same stuff, and honestly, I like this one better. It's it's just like not as clunky, you know. You don't have to play three colors. Your mana is not as lame. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I clicked on a net, on different list that has Festival Crasher instead of Cacophony Scamp. I don't think I like that. The Scamp looks like it would be very good to me. I I'm going to be honest. I haven't really played against the sex since it broke out but i mean one of the things that it really has going for it is there's just almost every card in the deck costs one yeah i mean you could like you could turn three someone with the scamp right so i don't know i like it ramp opponent plays a stomper just dies yeah, the Picnic Ruiner is the one that gives me Pioneer vibes. Yeah, fair. Right? Double strike. But I don't know. This is a deck where, like, it, it's impossible for this deck to be great and continue to be good in the format for, like, an extended period of time. Because, like, if you want to beat this deck, you're just going to you're gonna beat it. Yeah, but it's it's the kind of thing, too, where people are just like, oh, it's just like a meme deck. Or, like, oh, people aren't really going to play it, you know, so I don't have to actually worry about it. That kind of thing. Like. Yeah. It's very rare for a deck like this to ever be the most popular deck to the point where someone has to do something about it, right? Is is this Zombies Pro Tour? Or is that the vibes we're going for? No, I mean, Zombies Zombies was very good on Moto, and I think people looked at it like Lord of the Accursed, Liliana's Mastery were just quote-unquote bad cards, and you could also play Etherworks Marvel and stuff. You know, I don't, I don't think it's the same. I think people just thought, like, the zombie stuff was bad. I think people might look at this and think that it is powerful, but just that like no one's going to play it, whereas multiple teams played Zombies, and I think it was kind of easy to see that coming if you cared about motor results at all. Fair. Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like a fairly common thing that happens in some of these standard formats is you have formats where in order to be a powerful deck, you have to play three plus colors and a bunch of tap lands. And inevitably, these low to the ground aggro decks just show up to exploit that because like the long game decks, the two color versions of those decks just can't compete with the three color versions. And as a result, there's sort of this like mid-range arms race that we've sort of talked about but it's almost more driven by like the lands that are available in the format than it is the non-land cards that are available in the format and so even when people start to react to a deck like gruel 
like, I don't know, you half your lands in your deck come into play tapped and this deck has 20 lands and almost all of its cards cost one. Like, it's it's kind of hard for it to be that bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that you just said is kind of what what was said about the Esper deck where it's like, well, can it actually beat aggro? You have a bunch of tap lands kind of thing. And it's like, well, okay, that sounds good, right? Because you're going to be very good against ramp. Maybe you're good against random control stuff. Uh, I would imagine that in order for this to be good, it would have to be at least reasonable against Esper. Like maybe not if they are really paying attention and playing like a bunch of cutdowns. Like I, I sent a list to Josh this weekend of Rakdos, like further tinkering with it. And I just, I think I just have to play four cutdowns now. I just think that's where we are with like this and toxic, you know? I mean, cut cut down kind of awkward against the 16 pump spell deck. Uh, yes and no. Like, it's not any different than just trading with a Royal Treatment or a Tyvar stand in a lot of cases anyway. You yeah, know? that's fair. I, I guess I was just thinking about, you know, you could play the removal spells that don't get fizzled by a giant grid. I, I mean, the, the Esper decks, I feel like, have been going through an arms race with each other, too. And, like, most of them aren't playing, or a lot of them aren't playing Denik anymore. Like, there's a lot of cards that were problematic for these aggro decks, and I just, I feel like it's right for them to come back. Yeah, I do too. I mean, we're we're seeing it, I think, largely as a result of ramp, but I, I do think that these have to at least be passable against Esper, because there's so much between that blue-black and blue-white, right? Like, maybe you're not a huge favorite, but you at least have game. Yeah. I mean, this deck hasn't really had any really big finishes yet, has it, right? I don't think it topped it into the challenge. Not that a challenge top is big, but you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah, looking at this, 81st, 37th, 69th, 29th in a standard qualifier, 38th, 136th. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's like they're posting all the deck lists, right? So that's also not a lot of people playing it too. So I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm more just saying like jury's still out on like how this will fare in some of these like you know six seven round tournaments true uh there was another green red deck that did okay that was like a hardened scales one i didn't look at it too hard mostly because i like what this kind of deck is doing just a little bit better yeah i will say urbrask's forge in the sideboard very strong card i like that card i've lost that card more than i'm willing to acknowledge (laughs) it's very good and limited too yeah, yeah, both formats. Yeah, but seems like just an up, overall upgrade on the mono red is basically what this is, right? Um, and we talked about that a little bit a few weeks back of just like there's a lot of bad cards in the mono red decks. Yeah, and the they're like go mid range plan doesn't really work against anyone. So why wouldn't you just go lower? You know. Well, just I think until you dip system. into these other colors, you don't really have the tools to. And I think they figured yeah. out a way to here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bouncing around a little bit more, looking at different mana bases and stuff. Some people have like two Thran Portal, two Mirax, one to two Rockfall Veils. Like the, the mana is definitely not perfect, right? But I feel like it should be good enough. It can function on mostly mono red for a bit. Yeah, every land makes red except for the Buseju and you can 
play like a pretty reasonable game without access to green. Yeah, because it's giant growth, audacity, uh, usually the backside of questing druid in a lot of instances. And then if you get to the point where you're picnic ruining, you might be losing anyway. But So yeah, yeah. super light splash. Picnic ruining is not a thing. Yeah, I mean, it is. Is it? <laughs> no, maybe it isn't. It, you're you're still probably in a spot. Unless you have exactly Picnic Ruiner in play, you'd probably just rather have the 2-2 and be like, I hope I draw a giant growth or something. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe it is when it just kills them, but... No, that's that's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. You know, flooding out a little bit, you draw a creature, and I guess like a lot of your creatures do stuff. Ruiner and Questing Druid. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you like you only have twenty lands, but you do have a lot of cards that can trip. So, true. Yeah, I like this, I, Dave. You should you should work. You should uh, make your first tweet. Ask for some cards. Ask for some some commons. All right, I'll explore it. I will. It is on my list. I will explore it. All right. What about what about poison? What was the experience uh, playing like with and against that when you're doing that? Last week, uh, the poison deck is good. Is like the 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 long story short of it. Snook is gonna play poison this weekend. Um, the deck has more play to it than I expected. Um, I expected it to be more fragile on paper and just like watching people stream, um, playing with and against it. I was not as impressed as playing games against it. There's just like a lot you have to think about, and it has a lot more play to it. It is a little bit more fairyzy delvery than I expected it to be. Um just with so many instants that do so many different things. None of them are that good, but if you don't pick the right ones to play around, you end up in a pretty weird spot. Yeah, and they have a decent amount of reach with all the proliferate stuff too, so it's not like you're entirely reliant on sticking a creature like the green-red deck is, for example. Yeah, the blue march is the card that really blew me away on just like, that was the card that led to the poison deck winning games. I thought it had no business winning. Yeah, I believe that. Um, and that like, you know, uh, you, the early turns don't go your way. You know, they have the cut down, they curve out, cut down and they make disappear and you don't get under them. You then all of a sudden become a March deck. Right. And like trying to set up a big March kill was what ended up happening. Yeah, I think it was the the first RC season watching the Japan one where one of the players made top eight with the mono blue gin deck and they're playing it basically just like a combo deck where you would uh like flow of knowledge or whatever the draw cards equal to islands is and then you would just mar- like start using marches to like fog and stuff and race with gin and that was when i first got impressed by this card so i'm a buyer yeah i mean it's kind of like a it's kind of like a brave the elementy card in the sense that it it acts as this counter spell for a removal spell or a wrath against control and then it's your big falter game breaker card against other creature decks and that that's just kind of a a really weird like unique split card to exist that is a card that's going to be good in both of those matchups and that impactful in both of those matchups so yeah i, I can totally see that yeah, yeah one of the one of the few things that beats sunfall it beats Sunfall and add the dynamic of like, you don't even know how many they're going to be able to cast it for. Right. 
right? So like that, it, it, it's it's crazy. What I will say, just as a slight side rant here, phasing is stupid. Yes. And <laughs> the fact that they print cards still in this modern era that have phasing written on them, like nobody knows how phasing works. The rules, it has a bunch of silly interactions. Uh, they should not print cards that say phasing. You keep your enchantments, Dave. Like the the amount you, you play those games where you just like see who gets the most GRVs, right? You want to yeah. add a bunch of phasing cards. Yep. Because yeah, nobody no, knows what happens. They they sort of they brought it back like once, and I was like, why? I thought I thought we were done with this, and then I was like, okay, well maybe it's just like a little joke, and it'll just happen once, and then they've just they've done it a few more times since then. I don't know why. Yeah, just keep it away. The game is better without phasing or banding. Yeah, you can just change it to be like exile until next end step or whatever. And yep. I don't get maybe, it. Like, maybe I, they were worried that was going to be too broken with like comes in a play effects. Yeah, I guess. So I got, actually got a text two hours ago. My opponent has a Kitesil Larcenist killing one of my own guys. And I phase out their Larcenist with a march. It comes back. What happens? I didn't know the answer. Wait, so when it phases out, does your treasure become a token or a creature again? It's a good question. The answer is yes. Oh, okay. So then when it comes back, I would say... Uh, I So I want to say no, but it is the same object. So I think it goes back to being a treasure. It, at least on Arena, it did not. Oh, I'm wrong. So... Uh, well, whether or not it even turns back into a creature is, I thought, was even debatable to be honest. I guess it's not in play anymore, so it kind of has to, right? Yeah. Uh, but you don't get your ETB trigger again, so it just effectively took the text away. So regardless, especially for smaller stores with less experienced judges running RCQs, having complex rulings with things like this is silly. It is. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's especially dangerous to like then choose to play the deck, right? Yeah, and especially given my experience the last standard event, I'm making a more conscious and deliberate effort to better understand all of the real weird niche rule interactions in my own deck um, so I don't get burned again. What do you mean get burned? You won the match. You won the tournament. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I was, I was dangerously close to getting burned. Yeah, I agree. So... Yeah. Yeah, it is generally good to to try and know the rules, but it's weird because there are just these weird things where it's like you don't even think that this is a thing you don't know because if it ever came up then you would probably know yeah and there's a lot of weird interactions like i did think i knew what my own cards did and i did think i got the ruling right and then the judges challenged me on it and i challenged them on it i just i didn't put my foot down as hard as i could have yeah because you don't have the words to explain why you're just like i believe this to be true but yeah, I know how it works. I say how it works. The judge says, no, you're wrong. I, I don't have the confidence in my own understanding to overly challenge the head judge of a tournament. But regardless, I'm just going to stay away from I'm just going to stay away from phasing. Good call. I, can. I was just telling you as a future audacity gamer, that your aura does stay on the creature. I do know that. I knew. I, so I do know that. That's about all my phasing knowledge. So, uh, Matt, Matt, do you like this deck? How does it compare to red green in your mind, or are they just different? 
I I mean I, I think I think they're different. The the toxic deck looks to me like it is I think it's more powerful. Like I think it's probably more capable of winning like Dave said, games from spots where you don't expect it to win, maybe winning games from spots where it's like a little bit of a broken game and you don't really have that great a draw to start off, but then you kind of like find a way to get back in. You just like make a bunch of Murex tokens. The Gruel deck, it looks really powerful to me. My guess is if you mulligan to six and don't play a creature on one of the first two turns, like you, you probably never win those games. Yeah, whereas um, you're not necessarily dead with this. Right. And so, like, I, how does that play out in terms of which one has the better matchup spread and, like, how often do those things happen? I, it's, it's hard for me to know. I think that, I think that they are fundamentally really similar thought processes that lead a player to choose one of these two decks, right? They're fast. They're really good at beating up on d- either the ramp deck or decks that have over-prepared for the ramp deck and under-prepared for dealing with cheap creatures. And they both have this weird sort of like reach, able to disrupt your opponent's interaction, whether it's the pump spell hexproof stuff or the, you know, March Fading Hope type stuff. So I, I think... I think, like, strategically, you should think about these decks as similar metagame choices, even if, like, playing against them feels like different experiences. Ooh, I just learned a thing about phasing. Tell me. Wait, I don't want to know, actually. (laughs) Matt, do you want to know? Does anyone want to know? I kind of want to know. Okay, so I went to... uh, Jeff Pika's Twitter because I wanted to find Jeff's RCQ decklist from last weekend. And Jeff's most recent tweet tweet is why does Annex Sentry keep the card when it's phased out, but Kitesail Larcenus does not keep it a treasure? And the answer from Elliot Raff is phasing does not cause the creature to leave the battlefield, but it is treated as though it is not on the battlefield. Larcenus says as it as long as it remains, Sentry says until this leaves. While that makes a ton of sense, it's also incredibly stupid. Yeah, it is. It is very much the fine print. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, fun fun facts. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Jeff Sec? He was at the RCQ with me this weekend. He, uh, he, I think beat my top eight opponent in top four, and then ended up losing the finals. But I, I got a chance to watch him play a bunch. Well, there, there are two decks. There is one uh, from, I, I think it's like CFT Sock, or is it CFT SOC? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not 100% sure what the pro- appropriate abbreviation for <laughs> CFT SOC3's username is, but they are a, uh, they're a sanctum of all superstar who's always brewing. Yeah, absolute legend. Uh, whatever weird standard deck you've heard of in the last two years and occasional like pioneer deck too, like they have probably created it. Uh, so I, I'm looking at there's a like standard challenge. Second place is this 
Inti Rona Slogurk Mess, which is a Relic of Legends deck, uh, which is the artifact that you can... Like, it's basically the Honda's Banner or whatever, Goto's Banner from Champions Block. I don't know if this is before y'all's time. Wait, nope. are, I'm right with you. Are, isn't, wait, are you thinking of Honor Worn Shaku? No, that one. Yeah, it's like three mana mana rock where you can tap a legend to also add a mana. Like, yeah. that one, you untap the thing directly. This one is just tap an untap legend to add a mana of any color. So, uh, like that, plus Rona and like casting spells, and uh, you just kind of pop off. And then Pika's deck is Inti, Rona, Slogurk, Soul Cauldron, Sleep Cursed Fairy, Kami of Whispered Hopes. So doing the infinite thing, uh, what what the hell did you see? Is this is this good? I I think so. I mean, it certainly looked really good when it got going. I mean, Soul Cauldron is a messed up card, and it you know it is one of those cards where it's obviously like requires a pretty big deck building cost to get it going but it's like a i feel like it's a much more powerful card than you would typically find in standard as long as you're able to do the work to make it work yeah this um, feels like a modern horizons card that just snuck into a standard set yeah yeah and 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 like luckily there's you kind of have to go out of your way to make it work in standard where the decks people are putting in are are probably never going to be like unbelievably broken but yeah i mean jeff's deck looked really good every time i went i looked over he was going off and like talking nooming a bunch of times in a row and putting a bunch of counters on slow gurk and i don't know that i ever even really ever watched him go infinite but it felt like he just always had a huge board and a bunch of big creatures and that was enough yeah, so uh, Jeff's deck is Teamer, but Splashing Black, and I love that main deck, the only black card, is uh, nothing. There's Takanuma. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess Transforming Rona, sort of, but uh, and the sideboard has like some dresses and cutdowns and Kaito and whatever, but uh, overall, pretty, pretty funny, pretty cool. Also, I just, I love Rona. I love Inti. I think these are fun cards. I think Slogurk is very fun too. There's 10 legendary lands in this deck uh, to go along with it. So this is one of the things where it's like, I look at this and it's like, I'm like, this is infinite with like the Kami, Cauldron, Sleep Curse Fairy stuff. But it's just like, I don't know exactly what this deck is capable of, nor would I be able to reasonably tell without playing like five to 10 games. Yeah, it looked impressive to me. I mean, I think all of the things I said about Soul Cauldron can probably be said about Inti. Like, a card that in the right shell is, like, overpowered for standard. And my guess is that you have to go too far enough lengths to make it good in standard that it's never going to be truly broken. But the fact that you get to play four of each of those cards is, like, pretty attractive to me. And I imagine this is the type of thing that should be pretty good against ramp, right? Like, all of your cards are individually powerful. You're not necessarily dying to just, like, a Sunfall or whatever. There's also a main deck Jace, you know, to win that kind of game, too, if you wanted. 
I, I I believe that this deck has to be good against Ramp because I just I doubt that Jeff would make that choice. But I don't know. It's not that fast. You can disrupt it with a well-timed leyline binding or removal spell. Temporary lockdown is reasonably good against it. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't look to me like it would absolutely crush ramp. Yeah, I think maybe the other one is is probably a little bit better, but also not everyone is playing lockdown. Right. Right. That's a good point. Um. Yeah. I mean, CFT has. Main deck Glissa and Urtai, which are obviously both like good cards to have in your deck against Ramp. Yep. And I don't know, there's like this Ludovic and Ashnod. Is is there a combo here? I I don't even know. My brain is too small for these decks. Same. Or it's just like these are cheap legendary creatures. Yeah, I would also f- buy that. We started on standard four weeks ago about like ramps this dominant force and maybe too good. And now we just talked about like a red green deck with all one drops in commons, a poison deck and this nonsense all at the same time. Like if all of these things are even close to being real, which it seems like they are, this format's just awesome. Standard is great. It is pretty good. And I don't know, to, to the ramp thing too, uh, like the Rakdos Reanimator deck just kind of dumpsters it also. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it turns out once you once you put in the work and you learn stuff, you figure things out, it's pretty rare that there is a deck that just is unbeatable, especially when it's this very fair ramp deck at the end of the day. Yeah. Who would have thought that like Atraxa plus a mountain of cards was like very beatable? Everyone's like, I'll just answer all their stuff and then mill them out or people finding ways to dance around Sunfall. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Agreed. And I, I don't know. I kind of feel like that was how it was when Atraxa was printed too. Atraxa was in all the formats and it was just like, this is the most broken card of all time or whatever. And then a month later is basically gone. Yeah. Inti, sweet card, showing up in literally every format, everywhere. I wanted to play Inti at Eternal Weekend. Yeah. I was trying to Inti some Root Wallows, man. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were. You were. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Inti triggers once when you discard your hand off LED or, like, Resolve a Burning Inquiry or whatever. So it is not not quite as busted. I think it's still pretty good. But... Yeah, you want to discard your cards one at a time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had Petrium, so. Uh, out, of, out of these three decks, do you both like Poison then? I I like it for other people. I'm not very interested in it, and I can't really <laughs> tell you why. Well, the, the other one has Ancestral Anger. So yeah. I, I know the answer for that. But you're yeah. saying it's like Delvery, I don't know. I mean, it it just I feel like I just hadn't played enough games against it because there were so many different instants that do so many different things. It put me in a bunch of weird squeezes that I just hadn't been in before. I feel like once I'm in them five or six times, I will make better decisions in those spots. Um maybe there's enough 
different things happening where they aren't always beatable and you can put them in a squeeze. But um, I don't feel like the power level is high enough for these tricks to be good after I figure them out is my instinct. That's probably fair. But if there was a time to play it, it would be at the beginning of the format, right? When when everyone is still kind of on that level. Yeah. So I didn't want to tell you this right away, Jerry, but I copied Willie's black green list as I'm just like putting together different standard decks. I was looking for decks that didn't have a lot of overlap with each other so I could build them all at the same time, just have them all built. Okay. Uh, So Willie's been playing black green online, not a ton of success, but just like, you know, reasonable list. And I had a ton of fun playing that deck. And that's the deck I actually wish was good. Um, And I beat up this poison deck real good with that a bunch of times. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I am not remotely interested in green black. Yeah. I updated it on arena. I played some, I got out of my system. I'm good. Uh, There are more fun options for me uh, in the Rakdos sphere. I yeah, so my Rakdos cards hadn't arrived yet, so that was part of my dilemma. Um, as far as like mid range decks go, uh, also like I don't enjoy playing black green on arena either. Just the games take too long. Fair. And it's just too nickel and dimey, and I want like more fireworks. Um, but ancestral anger targeting yeah. my cacophony scamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my picnic ruiner is what I want to be targeting. Well, fair. But I guess they're both effectively the same. Uh, well, you anything want one else? on each. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why not? Was there anything else interesting that you learned from, like, having the people all together, like, playing games? Like, any conclusions y'all came to? Um, dexterity stuff can, comes to mind, right? Just after playing Standard a bunch on Arena and online for a month, two months straight, this was the first time I, like, shuffled physical cards again, and I would like to do that more. And I do think that... I would advise anybody attending RCQs or playing tournaments to like try to find ways to play games that involve real cards a little bit because um, the games can get kind of grindy and that stuff is just important. Have your tokens at the ready. Don't dig into like your backpack or like deck box every single time. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yep. But uh, past that, I left not very interested in ramp, not more for just fun reasons. There just seems like enough exciting other things going on, and I've played enough ramp that I would like to do something else. I just want to feel something, you know? Yeah. Uh, did Esper seem okay? Yeah, man, like... Man, I've kind of been poo-pooing on it. Uh, so Esper's a lot better than you think it is, and I know you've always done that. Um, I liked the Blue White Soldiers deck a good amount, and I played a good amount of that. Um, the other deck that I sleeved up, but we didn't get a chance to play games with, was Yo Man from the Discord took your blue black deck and just put Rafine in it. Did you see this? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't actually. I haven't actually played any games with it. It's interesting. I don't know if it's worth the cost or the mana, but Rafine and Wedding Announcement are two things I really enjoy. I I don't think that Rafine is worth it because I'd much rather have access to four Tidebinders and uh, past that I also kind of want four Gixes and there's just I don't know not a lot of games where I'm actually interested in having Rafine so yeah I, 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 I two weeks ago I agree with you for sure um, 
if there's as much other mid-range decks running around as what Matt described last week as in his experience, and it seems like what everybody else is doing, like that's the spots where like Rafine and Wedding Announcement are cards I'm a lot more interested in. Um, but if we're trying to beat these ramp decks and aggro decks, I could probably pass on them a lot more. Yeah, I just want to be lean. Yeah. And I, I think I, I like my spot in in both of those situations and I can figure out a way to beat Esper. You know, it's fine. I think the blue black with Rafine thing sounds kind of good to me. Uh like Rafine with the one one that makes a map. Like the like I think that's a card that people should just have in their Esper decks. Um I'm I'm pretty anti wedding announcement in this format. Like I think it's kind of just good against nothing. Even the mid range mirrors. I just I don't think that's what the games are about. Everyone has a lot of flyers. There's a bunch of things on the ground that can brick wall the tokens. I I think there's just better cards at three, even in the matchups where wedding announcement used to be good. Yeah, like it's probably uniquely good out of the soldiers deck just because they go wide enough to really capitalize on the anthem. But I'm with you out of these like more mid rangey decks of like it's not this like singular threat that it used to be. Yeah, you're you're right. It is certainly if you are a wedding announcement deck, but if you are a white mid range deck where you happen to maybe have some wedding announcements or are considering putting them in your sideboard, I, I think that's probably not a great way to go. There's also just so much incidental enchantment removal in this format that sometimes turning that on is not a great feeling. I just love Glissa. <laughs> I mean, same. How many is Willie playing? Oh, four. Come on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, Willie knows. Dude, his list is good. It's clean. I'll send it to you. Um, the only thing that I found weird out of it and like CFT socks doing the same thing is it seems like everyone's playing Titania. I'd be lying. I don't fully understand this yet. Like three, four reach. reach. Maybe reach is good. Are we actually trying to transform this thing? I'll say uh, if, we, if we are transforming, like that's pretty cool. I'm pretty interested in that. Yeah, I guess uh, Willie's got two Argos, has four Tortoise. Tortoise is good, like good curve into Titania if you're looking for... Uh, Incidental life gain. Yeah, like obviously you could normally play Shieldred in that spot, but like... Tortoise is better against ramp in a lot of different ways. And yeah. then this kind of makes up for not having shield grid by virtue of you having Titania. But Willie also has 12 three drops then because there's also four Sentinel, four Glissa, two Preacher. Yeah. And the Sentinel was a card that impressed me quite a bit. Sentinel's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that you get a map on ETB and attack is great. Vigilance is also just like very strong. Yeah, I would just want some more two drops, I think. Probably yeah. Reacher for Underdog or something. Yeah, I think that's definitely what the deck wants. The problem is that, that drop in power level is just pretty big. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Titania in the green-black deck, but in the Legends decks, one, you, you obviously have all of the lands that, you know, the, the legendary lands that trigger off it and when you have Slogurk going but also you have Inti and Rona and so Titania represents like a lot of incidental life gain and I think that that is how these decks just crush aggro 
is you just get a titanium to play and gain four to six life a turn. Yeah, that makes sense. What if you have the turtle and you're maybe gaining two life a turn? Does that incentivize you? No. Oh. It, it flipping did come up for us. And it, the fact that it has both haste and trample is a yeah. scary thing. Power and toughs is equal to the number of lands you control. Oh, ETB return all lands from your graveyard to the battlefield? Let's go. It, yeah, I mean, huge. you win when it flips, right? It's huge. It's trample. It's haste. It's a lot. Yo, can we get, like, old stick fingers in here? I also just, like, I, I want to flip this card. Like, it just looks super cool when you flip it. It's a little bit, you know, Timmy, but I, I, I really like it. That I mean, that's my magic origin story is Thorn Elemental, so um, I'm in. Yeah, good story from this weekend. I was I was looking through Jeff's deck, and I went to read the back of Titania, but I chose the wrong one. So it was just like the name and the art, just the picture. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this isn't helpful. <laughs> is that is that the creature one or the land one? I forget, I but I know the, I chose the wrong one. I think the creature just has the picture. That's what I would think, but you never know. You're like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah, I, I kind of hope it's good. It's kind of great. I mean, I, yeah, I certainly like it with like Rona Inti Slogurg. It sounds, it does sound great there. Yeah, put it on the list of things that four weeks ago I never expected to be talking about. I tried Titania here and there in in various things, but uh, I I'm pretty sure that even predates Rona, maybe or maybe they were in the same set. I don't know, but. It was a long time ago. It was certainly pre-Inti. Uh, and she's gotten a lot better since then. Hmm. And and also now there are aggro decks too that you care about, whereas there weren't really any of those before. So well, what else? What else we got? I mean, what should I play? I don't should... think this red green deck's on the all right. I need a backup plan for red green. I do like I did I did play with blue white soldiers and that's the deck that I want to be good the most. I enjoy the games with it the most. They're always super interesting. There's like a bunch of cool decisions to be made. When I win, I feel very clever and smart. Um, but um, I think I'm gonna let Nico play that one that he asked to play it. And if Nico's gonna show up to the event, I'll give him the deck he wants in true Jerry form. So that leaves me with I could play black green. I could play ramp. I could play a Rakdos variant. Do you do you have all the Rakdos cards now? So I struggle with when you say all because there are like five different Rakdos decks. I only like the Rampy Reanimator one, but I have uh, the I, Rampy Reanimator stuff. Okay, do you have treasure maps? So no, no, no. I don't have treasure maps. They aren't going to be here in time. But I'm pretty sure I can get treasure maps. I feel like Snook should have them. From yeah, like, he almost for sure does. It's just yes. Yeah. Uh I can I can try and send you a list for that. See how much you like it. I think it's quite good. I think it is a deck that is good against ramp, and you can tune it to be good against these aggro decks. So that is the deck that, while in the hospital, I played the most with. So like Would, on my phone, middle of the night, you know, I spent three nights in the three days and two and a half days or whatever in the hospital. I spent my my time playing that. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. Um, I didn't. 
I'm not going to say I wanted it a ton, but I also like, you know, my attention is not super focused. Um, but there were, I, I did enjoy the games. Um, I love Atali. I love, I love the red dinos, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm very open to playing that deck. Big score is not something that I love playing. And the number of there's uh, incidental counter spells floating around, which is annoying, but that's something I can deal with. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to play four anymore if that helps. It does. It does. And treasure map is super interesting. So. Uh, were you playing with the Field of Ruins? Yeah, and I love them. Okay. How do you. So they're obviously good against Esper, right? Esper has one basic on average. Yeah. What about against Infect? So didn't actually play that matchup, but I would assume that they're going to be reasonable because like against the Infect decks, like Murex does a good amount of work. They like hold up their instance and then Murex you. Um, it doesn't seem like they have a ton. They also like their colors are kind of not great. So like even if they're getting a basic, you can still cut them off of certain colors. Yeah, imagine... most, have, most have one and one, I think. One island, one planes. Yeah, they have they have two total. But I imagine, yeah, they're trying to do like a lot of blue stuff like they are blue heavy on on a lot of turns right yeah i i, I think they're good I, and i would want to be playing them yeah that's kind of how i feel now too where if it was just esper and i also thought that like esper should go down a little bit clearly that is not going to happen but that's an added bonus and then with another deck popping up where they are good i think it is worth revisiting that because there was like a brief window where i was like oh, i'll just cut all this stuff and play like restless vents and whatever, but uh, especially the way the deck is constructed now, where I have a bunch of like cut downs, and I'm even playing two main deck to rest. It's like you actually have something to do after you feel to ruin someone with your one mana. Yeah, I, I it's a place I would want to be, and it at least I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it also guess, just like helps fix your own mana. Yeah. Uh, I guess against the red green deck, you could actually just cut them off green because they're not playing a forest. I was kind of looking at that matchup like it wasn't very good, but maybe it is. I mean, I'm not saying I, like it's it's great, but like at least it it does something. Yeah, yeah. I I have uh, I would if this red green deck's popular and good. I don't know if you know that that Rakdos reanimator deck's where I want to be, but you do have game against them, and there are certainly sequences that could easily lead to you winning. I think like duress ten spot removal spells is going to be good against this deck, especially yeah. if you don't uh, just lose automatically to like an Urbrex's Forge, right? Like assuming you have some answers to that. Yeah, one of the like I, I lost a few annoying games with this Rakdos deck to just like the backside of a Black Virtue, where you just like don't have ways to interact with enchantment permanent types. Yeah. So like I'm playing against Black Green mid range, and I'm like, great, it's just like the buy. And I just like annihilate them the first six turns, but I still it's gonna take me a little bit to kill them, and I have like an embarrassment of riches in my hand, and they just play that, and I just die. Mm. Yeah, you just need to like atali into two things for every turn for the rest of the game, basically. But yeah, well, I atali. They're like, all right, go for the throat it, and then now they're atali. Yeah, I guess right? then it's hard to keep up. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not even playing atali anymore, so there's that. Oh, but... Well, that's less fun. I mean, you could play like, you could, listen, do whatever you want. I'm just saying I'm not playing it currently. I mean, listen, Trumpeting Carnosaur is just fantastic, and I desperately want to play that card, so. All right, so first things first, you should try and find uh, the giant gross that I tried to hide from you. 
uh, and get the cards for this deck. Because I think you would have a lot of fun, and I think it's really good. Uh, but yeah, barring that, we can work on Rakdos a little bit. Yeah. Did you guys try trumpeting Carnosaur in ramp at all? Or discuss that at all? We discussed it. I don't know. Just really altering the mana for a thing that I don't think you ultimately need was kind of how I thought about it. I don't know how Matt feels, though. Yeah, I'm, I, I I think it's not good. I think you just have you just have too many things that you don't want to hit, and like when you have invasion in your deck, you're kind of trying to skip six anyway. So it just it just feels really awkward to me. Yeah, I mean the split card part of it is like somewhat appealing, like. I didn't love the ramp deck. I liked ramp more when I had like my black cards and my go for the throats and my mana was worse and all that. But um, I saw a few people streaming and playing Carnosaurs in it and they seemed fine, but it wasn't. I'm with you on it's kind of more what you already have. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think it feels to me like you're sort of, you're making yourself a like worse at doing the ramp thing. And you're kind of making yourself like just a a little bit more of like a slow bad mid range deck, which maybe there are, maybe there are versions of standard where the slow bad mid range deck is actually the right version of ramp to be playing, but that doesn't sound to me like it's particularly good against the people who are trying to go way under you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not great on three and not great on six. It's just like a yep. bad split card. Yeah, well, that's most split cards, to be fair. Yeah, right? I mean, and the, there are some formats where you want to trade efficiency for flexibility, and some formats where you want you just want efficiency and want to draw the right the yeah. like right high impact half of your deck. And I think this format is the latter, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced on that. I kind of thought it was, but now we're getting, like, at least before this set, before Cavern of Souls, uh, where that made things pretty awkward, where it's like, well, now I need a very specific answer to this thing, right? And now, based on that, there are these aggro decks popping up where, against stuff like Red Green and even the Infect deck, I don't I don't think you want uh, a split card. I do just think that you need to be as efficient as possible, assuming that these decks are gonna be relatively popular but i i don't know how quick folks will be to adopt stuff like this but certainly within like two or three weeks i think it'll be very popular i like this deck jerry let's work on it a little bit are, are you talking about cacophony scamp or cruelty of gix i'm gonna say both okay. but i i like the i think the cruelty of gix is like a little bit more realistic in my I'm I'm more likely to play it given card availability challenges, which is funny again because this deck is seventy dollars. So it, it's, it's seventy. Just... Yeah, I have Besaju and Carplusion Forest and Questing Druid already. So basically, I need like a ten dollar bill and I have the yep. rest. Yeah, yeah. You just dude, just go check your couch cushions. You'll probably find enough. But you yeah, know, who's who's on the street corner selling audacities? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have a bunch of a bunch of local stores laughing at me for asking for nonsense. Dude, that, that's been my life for the last six months, I feel like, every time. I'm just like, y'all got any call to the Netherworlds or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. A lot. Uh, 
I'm excited to play though. Good. Yeah. I mean, you've you've been otherwise occupied, you know. You've not had access to your outlet at large, you know, playing games on the phone where you're half paying attention probably does not do it for you, I would imagine. Yeah, I've been this weird combination of like incredibly busy and had nothing to do at the same time. Because you need things to do in like small bursts of time? Yeah, I'm like sitting there with a tiny human on my chest for like extended periods of time and they scream and cry and need things at the worst possible times. But for the most part, they still sleep 18 hours a day or 20 hours a day. Yeah. So I'm mostly just sitting there thinking about fit standard or, you know, trying to play a game on my phone and, you know, I get halfway through it and all of a sudden there's a scream and I just concede and move on. I mean, so. listen, man, I, I don't know if this helps or works or anything, but you could just like call me, you know? Yeah, could do that. Listen, this is why I actually enjoyed Timeless quite a bit because like the games are like exciting and like turns one through five are super interactive and interesting and the games are over in six minutes. Yep. So standard doesn't have that same fast pace to it. Well, it does now. Yeah, it does if I'm playing this gruel deck. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're you're back. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need any rare wild cards for it. This is great. No. Well, it's Rand Portal maybe. Yeah, I definitely need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is the one critique I have on Timeless is like, I I, ha- I thought I had a lot of wild cards. I no longer have a lot of wild cards. Oh, no. Like all the all the counter spells and brainstorms got you? They, lightning bolts, just a rare. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, the uh, I did it anyway, right? But I have like, you know, some Deathrite Shamans and some lightning bolts that I didn't expect to have. That sucks. But uh, yeah, I guess you have them now. That's cool. I haven't it's, played it all for that reason. It's fun. I enjoyed it for whatever it's worth. I don't regret it. But no, it does look fun. I was I was watching some of the stuff, you know. Silently judging everyone for their deck building. Orcish Bowmasters is a strong magic card. It's all right. Uh Matt, what is next for you? Is it just Hartford? I, I think yeah, I I think I'm not gonna play magic either of the next two weekends. Um, but then we're all gonna play modern in SCG Hartford, and then the week after that is RC Denver, right? So the the next two things for for me are modern. I uh I ordered cards to finish both a Yogmoth deck and a Rhinos deck earlier this week. So um gonna gonna spend a little bit of time playing modern. I I have not been playing modern, so <laughs> we're we're gonna we're not gonna dive into it. I'm just saying creativity top aided one of them magic online qualifiers over the weekend that was like a 200 plus person tournament and Booked. it also top eight to one of the challenges i'm in i'm just saying i i think it's still good i've been wanting to yogmoth for so long and i played a bunch of the deck on moto a while back and then didn't play it a lot during the scam era and i'm just excited to get to play a tournament where that's a defensible choice because it's a fun deck, but I've never gotten a chance to play it on paper. Have you ever played Creativity, Matt? Yeah, I've played a little bit of Creativity. Did you like it or no? It seems like a deck that would fit you pretty well. Yeah, I liked it. I think that part of Hartford for me is about learning what I should play in Denver. Yeah. And I know that if creativity is good, the, <laughs> the two of you are going to let me know. <laughs> and so, and so I, feel like, I feel like I would rather 
play a bit with some other stuff and uh, have some options going into Denver. Well, that is smart. Uh, I will have creativity cards with me if if you would like to, you know, say you bust out and want to play Sunday or whatever. I got you. Yeah, there are two tournaments for Hartford, right? Oh, is it the two 10Ks thing? It's just 10K Saturday, 10K Sunday. So you just okay. get two modern. bullets. Well, there you yeah, go. I think you're both modern. Yeah, it's kind of weird them switching it up. But again, trying stuff. I like it. I'm down. I'm excited. Me too. See y'all in two weeks. Game, etc. Good luck.